You're not the only one trying to get your head around issues of hospital capacity. Determining how many beds are actually available in the state turns out to be a minefield, as my guest's reporting demonstrates. What counts as a bed nowadays? And why don't some hospitals want extra help? He uh, has reached an agreement with Vizient to bring in, I think it's 760 nurses, and I mean really with the goal of, you know, not just sort of filling the gaps, but expanding the number of beds that will be available. But uh, a lot of hospitals in the Kansas City area say that they are not going to participate in that program because they have their own staffing surge programs. You know, there's kind of some further complications that the hospitals, each individual hospital will have to contract with Vizient directly instead of, you know, that kind of being done on a statewide basis. And a lot of hospital leaders have said that, you know, whatever agreement may have been made, you know, with Parson and Vizient, you know, they are really unsure that the company will actually be able to find and deliver, you know, the kinds of nurses who are able to provide this really high skill level care that they need right now. I'm Sarah Fenske, and this is St. Louis on the Air. A few weeks ago, State Senator Andrew Koenig raised eyebrows when he insisted that the state had plenty of hospital capacity. No need to worry about having enough room for COVID-19 patients, he said. 49% of the hospital beds statewide were actually vacant. Well, that stat came from the state's own website. It turned out to be misleading at best and dangerously inaccurate at worst. And the confusion behind that hospital bed capacity statistics is the focus of an investigative report by Alex Smith. He's the health reporter at KCUR, that's Kansas City's public radio station. His report is titled, The Wolf is at the Door, How Missouri's Garbled Coronavirus Data Misled the Public Until It Was Too Late. And he joins us today to discuss it. So, Alex Smith, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sarah. So you report that Missouri Governor Mike Parson began touting the state's capacity this fall as coronavirus cases surged. He said we had 22,000 total beds, and that meant plenty of remaining capacity. Where did he get that number? Well, that's right. I mean, this sounds like very in the weed stuff, but this number is really critical to understanding, you know, just what our capacity is to handle patients. Basically, what this comes from is back in the summer, there was a big change in the way that hospitals report their bed capacity. It switched from uh, reporting to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to a new uh, privately created system. And after the switchover, uh, Missouri kind of changed the way it reports beds rather than just report, you know, numbers of in patient beds, uh, it started reporting basically all the beds, essentially every bed within a hospital facility, which was a much, much larger number than the inpatient beds. Okay, so you said it switched, like it sounds like it just kind of happened. Who mandated <laughs> that it switch? Well, yeah, that's that's right. Back in July, uh, the, the federal government created this switch. This was uh, a Trump administration initiative to kind of switch to, you know, what they said would be sort of a more efficient system of reporting hospital data. Uh, you know, again, instead of the CDC, this the, the hospitals re- would report to this federal system uh, created by a private company called Teletracking. And this is the system that basically every hospital in the country reports to. Now they need to report basically every day, you know, their numbers of beds, their numbers of 
patients and this switch, you know, what, what was turned out to be very disruptive for, for hospitals across the country, but especially in Missouri. Yeah, I want to talk a bit about that disruption before we go back to that number and, and its truth or lack thereof. Um, when they did this switch to, to going to this private company, you write that the Missouri Hospital Association and the state actually lost access to their own hospital's data. How did that possibly come out of what sounds like, oh, you're just switching from one system to another? Well, that's right. Missouri, the Missouri Hospital Association really kept track of this data on behalf of the state for a long time. And apparently the hospital association had really relied on the federal databases to keep track of their own hospital's data. I mean, Missouri doesn't track its own hospital's data independently. We don't have our own state system to do this. So when the federal government made this pretty abrupt switch, you know, apparently the hospital association was really caught off guard and, and really didn't have access to its own data for a period of about two and a half weeks. And even now, when you look back at the archive hospital data for the state, we, we just have this big chunk of July that, that's just blank. <laughs> you wrote Missouri appears to be one of few states, if not the only state, to be so affected by the federal switch. What do you think made us such an outlier? Well, I, I think, um, you know, from my from what I've seen in other states, we didn't have this same disruption because a lot of hospital associations or, or states really keep track of this data themselves. I mean, again, Missouri appears to be the only state that you know was not uh, keeping track of its own data and really lost its its data entirely, you know, due to this federal change. Okay, so this federal change—they suddenly are saying, "Hey, we've got twenty-three thousand beds. It's this big number." But that number has now changed again. What happened this fall uh, that, that brought them to change the number they had changed in the summer? Right. Well, you know, we saw cases and, and, and deaths and, and a lot of the really concerning uh, statistics really start to trend up, you know, from late summer, you know, basically all through the fall. But then in October, there really started to be some concerned press conferences from hospital leaders, both in Kansas City and St. Louis, saying that, you know, despite what the numbers are saying, despite, you know, that that tw that 49 percent, you know, availability statistic that you mentioned at the top of the segment, uh, that they were actually really pretty close to capacity. I mean, that their beds were nearly full. We actually had the chief medical officer of the University of Kansas Hospital, which is uh, just right on the state line of Kansas and Missouri, you know, at, at a press conference saying, you know, these numbers that elected officials have seen that have been used to determine, you know, when it's safe to go out or, or when we need to impose state home orders, these numbers are really wrong and they don't represent what's actually available in hospitals. Yeah, I think that's a great point. You know, we talked to our local pandemic uh, task force commander here. He was saying the same thing at the point when this state senator was saying, oh, they're only 49 percent full. He said, we only have 4 percent left at our hospital. There's another hospital here that's having to, to lifelight people to Quincy. It seems like people on the ground were having a much different reality. Did that end up applying the pressure to then change this metric that, that the Trump administration had, had put in place this summer? Well, I think that following a lot of those press conferences, and yeah, we, we also heard some of the, the, the conferences that Dr. Garza, you know, spoke at in, in St. Louis. Um, yeah, it did seem like that was a big wake-up call for a lot of elected officials. And then, you know, we had some new stay-at-home orders and business restrictions uh, implemented in, in the Kansas City area. And I think we start, started to see more of those implemented in different parts of the state. Um, then the hospital association itself said that it would start to change its own, you 
you know, what it was reporting to just really reflect the numbers of staffed inpatient beds. And so that, that seemed to be really a wake-up call. Unfortunately, by that point, we had already seen this really, really fast, you know, some might say exponential increase in cases and hospitalizations, you know, the kind of thing that we had really tried to, to prevent and, you know, catch early before those things happened. So now when we're talking about staffed beds, which is now the number that is considered the correct number when we talk about hospital capacity in Missouri, we're talking about 15,000 beds. That's a really big change there. Yeah, that that is a big number. And in fact, I mean, they now have kind of back entered uh, the the staffed inpatient bed data in, you know, the hospital data. And we see that actually at no point has Missouri had 22,000 beds available for patients. And it it is a a much, uh, you know, significantly lower number. And, you know, what that really means is that we have, you know, far fewer beds than we previously thought. Um, I was actually looking just this morning at the numbers of inpatient beds and also the numbers of uh, ICU beds, which is even a more critical factor because, I mean, in a lot of cases, you know, an ICU bed can can be the difference between life and death. Mm -hmm. And at this point, I mean, as of today or, you know, the the most recent time that the the data was entered, we're down to just 15% of adult ICU beds in the state available. And, you know, that is really getting to to a pretty critical stage. Hmm. So let's talk about Governor Parson here for a moment. He was touting this this number, uh, the statistics based on this 22,000 bed number. Has he ever publicly acknowledged that these numbers being used earlier were inflated, that, that these were wrong? Well, no, he hasn't. In fact, I mean, I I think that the idea originally with putting out all of these beds, this much larger number, was that these could potentially be converted. I mean, a lot of the hospital leaders and doctors have said that that's not really feasible, but he has really continued to exist that 22,000 is our full capacity of beds. And in fact, I think it was just last week, uh, Governor Parson again tweeted the 22,000 beds and the 2,700 ICU beds. Hmm. Now, you noted something in your piece that was was pretty sobering to me. Uh, Your piece came out on December 10th, and you noted that if the surge continues, um, beds become even less of an issue compared to the nursing staffing issues. And you suggested that the number of staffed beds was actually dropping at the point you published. What was going on there? Well, that's right. I mean, we have in the Kansas City area, the last time I checked, about 50% of hospitals reporting staffing shortages. So, you know, we're really getting to the point where it's it's not even about, you know, the numbers of physical beds that are really kind of defining what hospitals are able to manage is just the number of nurses who are available to, to staff those beds. And so, you know, even after we saw, you know, the kind of official number of staff inpatient beds go down, it, it has continued to go down because of these staffing shortages. Okay, so people are, are getting sick or they have to take off, maybe they're in quarantine. For whatever reason, there are not enough nurses even for the, the 15,000 beds that we're now counting on. That's right, yeah. So Governor Parson has said there's a solution for this. The state is hiring a company, I guess, called Visiant uh, to expand hospital capacity. It's going to bring in new nurses. Do we know if that effort at this point is succeeding? Well, yeah, the governor says he uh, has reached an agreement with Visiant to bring in, I think it's 760 nurses. And I mean, really with the goal of, you know, not just sort of filling the gaps, but expanding the number of beds that will be available. But uh, a lot of hospitals in the Kansas City area say that they are not going to participate in that program because they have their own staffing surge programs. You know, there's kind of some further complications that the hospitals, each individual hospital will have to contract with Visiant directly instead of, you know, that kind of being done on a statewide basis. 
basis. And a lot of hospital leaders have said that, you know, whatever agreement may have been made, you know, with Parson and Vizient, you know, they are really unsure that the company will actually be able to find and deliver, you know, the kinds of nurses who are able to provide this really high skill level care that they need right now. Hmm. Well, we posted your story that just digs uh, so well into all these numbers and explains why they matter. This was really a a great piece of work you did, and we heard a lot of good feedback from our listeners. Uh, Sarah wrote on Facebook, the increasing pressure on news outlets and cutbacks on state and local government reporting makes me worried that more things like this are happening without being discovered. I rely on others' expertise to understand and explain information like this. I don't know enough to be able to look at the data and assess whether it's being presented in a misleading way or not. How hard was it for you to get to the bottom of all these different things and shifts and data moving to this and this system going down? You must have spent some time on this. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's a nice comment to hear. Uh, this is something that I'm the healthcare reporter here in, in Kansas City, and so I have been watching this closely, and, you know, we, we've really been trying to tell the, the personal stories of individuals affected by the virus and the pandemic, but, you know, as all of these different data points have shifted and, and the ways of reporting uh, have changed, you know, I, I have really scrambled it a lot of times just to be able to stay on top of the numbers, and, you know, I've really made, wanted to make sure that I'm delivering the correct, you know, numbers to to our audience, to to listeners, and so just in in the process of kind of trying to understand where does this number come from or or why is this changing, yeah, it's it's really led me in in some directions that I was not necessarily expecting, but uh, have definitely been been interesting and revealing. So what would you say to people who might look at your report and say, hey, these are just numbers, this is just tallies on a a piece of paper. Uh, What makes these numbers important to you and to the state of Missouri? Well, I, I mean, really, we, we are, of course, dealing with, with a virus that, that is is killing people, you know, sadly. And, you know, uh, definitely the, the ways of treating people in hospitals have improved a lot. But, you know, right now, a, a, as we speak, there are a lot of hospitals that are really struggling to treat people, to keep people alive. I mean, you know, people who <laughs> who are our neighbors, who are our, our friends, our, our family. And so, you know, these are not just numbers. These, these are, this is our capacity, our ability in the state to, to keep people alive, to, to, to keep fellow Missourians uh, healthy and, and, you know, hopefully back at home with their own families. And so, yeah, as much as this is all in the weeds and seems like very nitpicky stuff, you know, that this is really critical to our lives and to our health. Well, Alex Smith, health reporter at KCUR, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. And, and thanks again for this uh, very enlightening report. Thank you, Sarah. Good to be with you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.